Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Growing in Grace. Joel Brzezinski here, Mike Kapler as well. We're sitting down with our uh, weekly 14-minute Growing in Grace podcast. And Cap, I don't know if you know about this, but we also have a special weekly seven-minute version of our podcast. It's, it's something that I actually only just recently found out myself. If you go to growingandgrace.org, you know, we have a, each week we have a, there's a player uh, that plays the podcast. Well, you can right-click on that player and you can listen to us in Firefox. It's called ludicrous speed and it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's two times <laughs> the normal speed and so you can listen to it now we don't sound like chipmunks it's just like it sounds like us but speaking real fast it's it's hilarious and it's kind of fun i've tried it in internet explorer it works uh, there too but doesn't seem to work in chrome and uh, google chrome and i haven't tried other browsers but anyway if you're in a hurry check out the podcast at ludicrous speed growinggrace.org i'll have to check that out you're right i I just don't get out much, so I didn't even know it was on there. <laughs> well, I've been messing around with the website lately and trying out different things, and I just happened to stumble across that. It's uh, it's uh, For the geeks out there, I use the uh, HTML5 audio coding, so it's just a basic player that we use on the website, at least for the last year or so. And, uh, yeah, you can do that uh, two times normal speed. So much fun. Gotcha. You know, it makes me think we could probably start doing longer podcasts and just put the <laughs> just fast one out there. Exactly. But um, yeah, so with, that, with all that said, I confess <laughs> that we didn't need to go there, but some people might find that fun. But we've been talking about confession of sin here on the podcast the last few weeks. The church has this idea because of this one verse, 1 John 1, 9, uh, taken out of context, people think that they have to confess their sins over and over again. So listen, go back and listen, whether at normal speed or double speed. Maybe just do double speed, the last two podcasts, so you can catch up with us here. The, the, the idea that John's not talking about confessing each and every sin over and over again, or even making a blanket confession, all these, God, I have sinned all these sins, now please forgive me. He never says that. It's it's That was a word to one believers. We covered that in the last two weeks. And uh, we want to move on a little bit, just you know, talking a, a little bit more about how this life that we have in Christ, this uh, gift that we've received of forgiveness, of righteousness, of justification, it was a once-for-all thing. It's something that we stand in forever. From the point that you believed, you received this gift, and it's yours forever. We kind of ended on that note last week. Yeah, I mean, this 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 whole thing about confession that we've been talking about, and forgiveness, which we talked about along the way, even before that, in recent weeks. The good stuff, if you can go back and catch them at growingandgrace.org. What religion has done, Joel, uh, what legalism has done in Christianity is basically they have been using this confession thing. Maybe they have the right intentions. It's out of context. And so they use this thing that you confess every sin in order to be forgiven. And what, what it really is, it has become a substitute for Old Testament sacrifices. Mm. 
instead of having to sacrifice the animal, you confess every sin. The problem with it, ultimately, and this is where you have to use just a little common sense, <laughs> the math just doesn't add up. I mean, you, you can confess until you're blue in the face, but are you going to catch every single sin? You mentioned the blanket confession, which is something that is just made up. I mean, <laughs> but I, I fell back on it consistently and constantly before I came into a better understanding of, of the gospel of grace. And that is, when you know you haven't confessed them all, you just kind of say, well, Lord, for, forgive me for all that I don't remember. <laughs> but then, is that really applicable? Because you didn't confess them all. It doesn't say anything about a blanket confession. But the point is, you'll miss something. We should have the simple knowledge of understanding you will not be able to confess every sin in order to be forgiven. You'll, you'll miss something and you'll do it on a regular basis. And so if we really needed to confess all of our sins to be forgiven, the fact is we would be doomed. We wouldn't have them all confessed. So it just doesn't make sense that that's what John was talking about when we discovered that's not what he was talking about. So yeah, but this thing about animal sacrifices no longer being a part of the new covenant, we all agree on that, right? But basically we've just begun to use confession of sins as a substitute for that. The problem with that is there's no blood being shed. So if forgiveness still needs to be sent forth, if it needs to be dispensed, if, it, if it's not there and needs to be re-given, then we've got a problem because there's no more blood being shed. <laughs> Jesus isn't coming back because he doesn't need to. The blood, the work is finished when it comes to the act of forgiveness. It's done. And as we mentioned last week, now the gift has been provided we simply re receive and, and believe in, in what has been provided for us. We're not out to try to pull a trigger to inspire more forgiveness when all the forgiveness in the entire universe of all eternity and everything else has already been given. So interesting stuff there. But here's, here's what the religionists will say. Well, if you don't confess your sins, it's going to hinder your fellowship with God. So what do you have to say about that, Joel? <laughs> well, I've heard that a lot, too, and it's kind of like in and out of fellowship with God. And I don't know, whenever I, I've heard that phrase, it reminds me of the Bon Jovi song, In and Out of Love. Not, really no connection here, but in and out <laughs> of fellowship with God. And I understand this, the idea that people think that God will withdraw his fellowship from us when we sin. I understand that, but it doesn't make any biblical sense. <laughs> it makes logical sense from a human point of view. Well, I sinned, and so God's going to withdraw from me. But biblically speaking, and this scripturally speaking, from all of these passages in the Bible that talk about how we've been placed in him and how the blood of Jesus was shed once and for all and how we've received this gift— it doesn't make any biblical sense to think that God will withdraw his fellowship with us. Now, from an old covenant point of view, you might think that. But we're in the new covenant, folks. <laughs> we're in a mm -hmm. new covenant. We've been made new creations. Now, we do still sin, but God has forgotten them. He's buried them deep in the sea, and he has no longer counted them against us. So many scriptures speak to that. And so when we do sin, it just means that we've walked after the flesh. We've done something that doesn't line up with the reality of the new creation that we are in Christ. But God's not withdrawing himself from us because that would be denying himself. God is faithful to us 
even when we're faithless. You know, Second Timothy two thirteen. For he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny the finished work of Jesus Christ. That covenant that we've talked about, the new covenant that we've talked about so many times on this podcast, in which God the Father and God the Son made this covenant, two immutable forces, two unchangeable forces, God swearing to himself that he will do this thing, giving us eternal life, life forever, saving us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. If he were to withdraw from us, he would be denying himself. He'd be denying that promise that he made. He'd be denying the covenant, and he doesn't do that. We received this gift, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, when we received Jesus Christ by grace through faith, and our fellowship with God is solid and secure, not based upon what we do, not based upon whether we maintain good works or whether we sin. It's not based upon any of that. It's based upon God's faithfulness to himself. Which brings us back to a reminder that the new covenant wasn't made between us and God or God and us. It was made between God the Father and and God the Son. As you were just talking about, Joel, God God made an agreement with himself, and, and Jesus Christ has become our guarantee. That's the beauty of the new covenant versus the old, where people failed in the old. In the new, we, we can't mess this one up, <laughs> right. because the covenant was made with Jesus Christ. He, he is, literally, according to the book of Isaiah, he is the covenant. God gave Jesus Christ as a covenant to us, the people, both Jew and Gentile. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. God will sustain you to the end, guiltless or blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see, this fellowship that we have with him isn't based upon us and our behavior, which is a a progressive thing, by the way. It's something we're growing in. But this fellowship that we have with God is is based upon the finished work of his son and God's faithfulness to us through that finished work. It's not that God's going to turn his back on us and somehow say he's no longer in fellowship. I mean, we we just read in recent weeks, as one who has confessed Jesus Christ and believed that he's raised from the dead, We have fellowship with him. We abide in him. He abides in us. And that isn't being withdrawn in and out, as we've talked about, based on confession of sins or your religious performance. It's it's based on what he has done. And so he is faithful. You don't have to worry about God getting mad at you. You, you You can get that kind of fellowship from your inmates at church uh, who will, they may treat you that way. But God won't. This is an ongoing, eternal thing, and that's what makes the new covenant so much better than the old established upon better promises. Yeah. Remember, those promises and what we have received in Christ is a gift. It's freely given by God, and he doesn't withdraw it from us. Romans 6.23 says, the gift of God is eternal life. That's a gift that we've received in something I think uh, you read last week when we were talking about a little bit more, bit more about confession, Cap. Uh, whoever conf- you know, First John four fifteen. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. Again, it's not about our behavior, good or bad. 
It's about whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. And John continues that thought. I don't know if we'll, we won't have time to really uh, get into this this week, but at least uh, let's see what John wrote about this as we wrap up this week. A little bit later in that same uh, epistle, in 1 John 5, John writes, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Well, who is it that has the Son of God? He just said it. It's he who believes. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. We can know that we have eternal life. We can know that we have fellowship with God, not based on our behavior, but based upon God's promise and the blood of Jesus. Well, something else that we can know is this thing that we have that's called sanctification. Now, some people will say that we're justified in God's eyes and that it's a done deal, but then they'll say that we have to become progressively more and more sanctified, as if to say that there's some work that we have to do in order to become more and more sanctified. Is there more work for us to do in order to become sanctified? Or are we sanctified once and for all? That's next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.